What's up, hybrids? Welcome back to another episode of the Phantom Hybrid Podcast. This is Hanako, and I am here with Michelle, and we are discussing the first episode of season six of Outlander. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you. Hello, hello, hello. Are we ready to get into it? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Well, I don't even know where to begin. Go ahead. Okay, so so let's begin with the fact that Stars puts on these five minute previews before you can even get to the episode. Stars, you don't have to sponsor. I I pay for the subscription. Please give me my episode when I just press start. That's all I want to see. I want to see Jamie and Claire. I don't care about Shining Veil. I don't care about anything else that you have put on there. I'll I'll probably look at those later. But when I click start or Outlander. I want to see Outland. That's it. Yes. I mean, it's been two years. So I don't need all the previews. I need you yes. to get started immediately. Exactly. Immediately. Exactly. And getting started with this episode was so hard for me this week. One, my schedule was crazy. Two, I was sick for most of the week. So I couldn't even like look at a TV. Three, when I did finally try to sit down and watch the episode, we've had really high winds here for the last three days. My internet mm-hmm. kept going out. So it's like I watched 20 minutes and then it will stop and I'd have to wait and then I start again, watch another 10, 15 minutes and then it stopped. And then yesterday it just completely stopped. I couldn't get back to it. So I was like, I might as well go work and then just come back. So I was up watching the episode. Let's see. My daughter and I started watching the season finale from last season yesterday afternoon because she had not seen it. So when I finally got back to this first episode, it was like 1.30 in the morning. And then, of course, daylight savings happened, which I didn't even realize was happening this weekend until yesterday afternoon. Oh, so no, I was looking at the TV, I'm like, oh, it's already three o'clock. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it was like three something in the morning when I got finished. Mm-hmm. But it was and worth this, it. This was an extended episode, too. It was. One minute. It was 81 minutes. And that threw me off, too, because I was like, this episode seems kind of long. How many? Oh, that's why. So, yeah, it's just trying to get used to all of this again. You know, it's been 656 days. <laughs> yes, it has. <laughs> so let's get into the episode. Um, first off, I can't think of a show that I've ever watched that had as long a cold opening as this one. I know. I I thought I missed the beginning. No, because okay, maybe I was thinking maybe I missed something or I accidentally hit the remote until I was like, okay, this has almost been 20 minutes. And now the funny thing is it for me, I thought it was the old opening because when this episode starts, it starts with a clear voiceover and then it goes into what happened last season. And then it Mm -hmm. has the, you know, the Skyboat song from last season. So I thought, Oh, okay. So we're going with this one. Then we get, I don't know, maybe 15 minutes into the episode. And then the new song comes on. I was like, wait, what? It's almost like, it's almost like, you know what? That, that accounts for that 21 minutes. That, that first, that cold cold open. That was the 21 minutes. That was the 21 minutes. Okay. (laughs) That was the 21 minutes. Because now I think about it, yeah, that pro- that's probably what it was. But mm-hmm. now, how do you like the beginning? Not the um, cold opening, but the new. You know, when I first heard opening. it, mm-hmm. when I first heard it, uh, I guess it was maybe about six or seven weeks ago when it first released. 
I did not like it, not because it was bad, but because I'm not used to hearing that style of, of song or of singing. When I heard it last night, it didn't bother me as much. I was like, okay, I actually like it. You know, it's just, it's different. And sometimes we're so used to hearing things a certain way that it takes a while for us to kind of act mm-hmm. something different. I'm not used to Gaelic, uh, Gaelic folk songs. So it was, it was weird trying to listen. And then a lot of those folk songs, you know, to our ears, sometimes the notes are off key, but that's just the way that those songs are sung. So mm-hmm. again, it takes some getting used to, but I actually didn't mind it last night. I was like, okay. This is actually kind of nice. Yeah, when I heard it last week, it was different from what we're expecting. Mm -hmm. And then when I thought about it again and thought, okay, kind of sounds like it could be like a love letter going back and forth between the male voice and the woman voice. I'm like, okay, I can can get with this. Yeah. And it's kind of maybe I'm hoping that it hints to how the season is going to be. (laughs) Even though you would know more from the books, so... I, you know what? I'm just a little nervous about a few things that we're going to talk about. I so. I know a little bit from the books, but again, I, it's been so long since I've read this particular book, you know, that this show is based off of for this season, that I'm really going into this with kind of fresh eyes because a, a little bit of it is different. Of course, the, mm-hmm. um, you know, the Christie's coming in at this point is a little bit different from the way they came in. But um, let me just say Tom Christie. So he um, was, he hmm. was an unlikable character in the book, but not, not so much as a, like, you weren't so violently aggressive towards his character in the book. It was just kind of like, he was annoying to me, at least to mm-hmm. me. He was annoying. And of course, whenever you have uh, religious zealots in the mix, that just irritates me anyway. So in the book, he was just kind of like that holier than thou type personality, thinking he was always, you know, better or right because he was speaking on the word of God and blah, blah, blah. In this show, it's like, it's like it was amplified. Yes, it was. It was like rough around the edges. I mean, you can definitely tell this is the villain. I don't even know if I want to call him a villain. Well, not in that case, but mm, I don't know. I just felt very uneasy. Like I said, the last episode that the storm was coming, he's the storm. So, okay, I won't call him a villain, but he's the storm that's going to tear things up. Yeah. Um, The actor who plays him, Mark Lewis Jones, he's doing a great job of making me hate this character. (laughs) He's doing a great job because you can feel the conflict with Mm -hmm. these two characters, even from the beginning. You know, the beginning of the episode, we go back to 1753, we go to Arsmere Prison. This is right after Jamie. Um, if you remember from, I guess that was season three, four, mm. where he had his sister three. turn him in. Mm-hmm. So this is after that. He's just come to the prison. And of course, you know, all of the people who followed him in the Battle of Culloden, they're there and they're already treating him like they're Laird. You know, they give him the nickname yep. Magdu and 
they basically treat him like that. And if you look at Jamie's attitude through this whole thing, or at least that part, he's just kind of like, look, I'm just here. I just want to be left alone. I don't. I just want peace. I just, I just want peace. Like, to do my time. Just, yeah, just, just leave me alone. But he's a natural leader. And you can see that in that, that they're all trying to follow him. And you can tell that bothered Christy a lot. Not just that. Christy doesn't like the fact that they're Jacobites. He doesn't like the fact that they're um, they're stinking papists, says Williams. <laughs> when he used the word papist, that's the, that's the thing me and Michaela went, stinking papist. But he just, he doesn't like them at all. And it's so, you know, you listen to Jamie's speech towards the end of the flashback when, when they had the big brawl. He's like, we're all Scots. Mm-hmm. Whether we're Catholic or whether we're, you know, whatever, we're all Scots. We should be trying to get along. Like y'all all there for like this, this makes me wonder. And I can't remember what the story is in the books. So if he's against the papists or against the Jacobites, then what is Tom Christie in prison for? Like, why is he in that particular prison? If you weren't fighting with Kalan, or or did he fight with? You know, did he fight for Culloden just on principle? Like, I don't remember. I that think part they, of the I, I be, and I think I may have read this. So that's why I think they, they did fight on the same accord, but they were just different on their beliefs on why mm. they were fighting. Okay. Okay. Because I'm like, you walking around high and mighty, like you're better than everybody else. And you're, you're still in prison. In prison. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're in prison, prison too. too. So anyway like i said we're back in we're back in arts mirror jamie is just you know has just arrived there not too long ago and you get to see some old familiar faces like you get to see leslie you see jordy and i completely forgot about jordy being i think jordy was on the ridge with them and he was the one that was killed when claire and marsley were attacked and i was like was that the same jordy I didn't pay attention to the face. I didn't either. And then when they mentioned it later, I was like, okay, I didn't put that together and I need to go back and look. Yeah, because when he told Claire, um, you know, when he rescues her in the season finale from last season and she asked him about Marsley, he tells her Marsley is okay. He's like, Jordy is dead. And I was like, Jordy. And then I see this episode and you see Jordy mm-hmm. from the print shop there at Col- in in Arsmere with him and I was like wait did I miss that like I need to go back and rewatch I haven't rewatched seasons four and five in a while so I need to go back and rewatch but yeah. you, you see those familiar faces there and it was nice to see them we talked about this in our preseason mm-hmm. show like how we missed some of the older faces now would have been nice to see like some Rupert and Angus but of course we we didn't go that far back you know so we still have time this is true, but no, what I really wanted to see, I was like, if y'all are going to do an arts mirror flashback, why didn't we see our boy? Why, why is Godfather not there? I just I know because it was it. And I'm like, he was in a prison. Mm-hmm. So that would have been nice. But anyway, and I do have, I want you when, in the prison, when, um, he was getting his consequence for taking up for the blind prisoner mm-hmm. and he saw Claire. To me, Claire looked like current Claire. But that's just me. 
Yeah, I mean, look, because it had the gray, and I I know that you wouldn't do that on purpose because she would not look like that the last time. I don't think that was gray. I think it was like the light, the lighting, because I kind of paused and looked, but yeah, because she has the white on, and she's supposed Mm -hmm. to look kind of very ethereal because this is a figment of his imagination, and you know he Mm -hmm. makes the comparison to her later on that she's she's like an angel to him. So I think that was the look they were going for. So she was kind of glowy not like overly so because we're supposed to be looking at it the way that jamie looks at and jamie would look at her like she was there Mm -hmm. instead of it just being a figment of his imagination but i thought they did good because of course that was again that was a few years ago so sometimes you can de-age a person sometimes you can i mean she still looks great she still looks great so, but it's obvious that she is not in her 20s anymore, you know, or, or early mm-hmm. 30s. So I, I think that's what it was. It was supposed to be like that glow. Okay. At least that's the way I took it. But I, I like, they did a lot of callbacks to that um, season when he woke up on the battlefield of Culloden, because mm-hmm. if you, they, in the last episode, the season finale, you know, they used that rabbit allegory that mm-hmm. they did with um Jamie when he was on the battlefield and he thought he was dying and he saw Claire and and the bunny and you remember they used that all through that season like with Brianna and just it was supposed to be I guess a symbol of each other for them and they brought mm-hmm. that back um you know in the last season so I like the fact that they've been going back and forth to past seasons and pulling things Mm -hmm. to make them present in this season as well um jamie in the prison we also see this is the start of where he started i guess taking the dinners with the governor of the prison and it's really interesting because this governor is very opposed to jamie being there because of course you know red jamie he has a reputation he is a known red coat killer (laughs) No, <laughs> like he's famous he's famous and jamie again jamie is just basically like i just don't i don't want to be here i don't care basically said several times i just just want to just do this time peace yeah that's all he wants that's it he i mean he literally stepped away when they were fighting during their work session he stepped away he only came in because now you you're killing an innocent bystander who just wanted the lock of his Rebecca. I know. That's all. Right. So. Let me tell you. So th- this scene where they're having the dinner mm-hmm. or they're, I guess, sitting in front of their dinner because Tom Christie refuses to eat. Jamie is looking at the food like, I don't, I don't want this. You know, that whole scene was weird because Tom, like... I don't know why Tom has such hatred towards Jamie, but it's obvious he does. There's some, I don't know if he's jealous of him. I don't know, you know, and I'm, I'm not thinking about the book story because of course Mm -hmm. they're going to do things a little bit differently from, for the show. They're probably going to tell the story a little bit differently. So I don't want to go into that hole in the book, in the book, because we have to treat this as a separate medium. So just looking at the story that they presented, we don't know why Tom has it out for Jamie. 
He just don't. does like mm-hmm. almost from the beginning. And I don't know if it was because of who Jamie was in the rebellion. You know, he literally was at the right hand of Bonnie Prince Charlie and he commands the respect of his men. And even the governor said, he said, I know that the men here respect you as a fighter, but we can't be having none of that. Mm-hmm. They can't treat folks like lords and lairds in this prison. Okay, whatever. They're still going to treat Jamie the way he is because yeah, they of are. who he is, you know? Mm-hmm. And the other thing too, I think with Jamie is Jamie never hit, even when he was at the right hand of Bonnie Prince Charlie, he never had that arrogance. Like he was better than anybody else. Even when he was layered, he didn't have that attitude out of, oh, I'm better than everybody because I'm the layered. It was more so I'm the layered. I have to take care of these people and we have to do it this way in order for it to be done. It was never, I never took it as, you know, a sign of arrogance. I, no, and, not at all. And you not even to, not even to currently, uh-uh. he has never been that way. No. So. Which makes him such a wonderful character. But anyway, <laughs> but you see that in the prison too, because when um, the other James, James McCready, I think that was his last name. When he's crawling around on the ground, looking for the lock of his wife's hair, and Jamie doesn't know what he's there for at first. So he kind of grabs him. He's like, what are you doing? He's what like, doing? He's like, I'm sorry. I, I've been slowly losing my sight. I'm just looking for such and such. And you see Jamie's face kind of soften. And then when he tells him, look, I'm, I'm just looking for the lock of hair. My Rebecca gave it to me. And his whole demeanor changes. And he literally crawls further down on the ground to get to James's level, even though he can't really see him. Mm-hmm. But he sits there and he counsels him and he gives him like some encouragement Comfort. because James says he's beginning to forget his wife's face. Now, I don't know how long James has been there in the prison. I don't know how long it's been since he's been going blind. I don't know how long it's been since his wife has been gone because his wife could have died before all of this. So we don't know how long he's been in that position, but Jamie gives him some encouragement and you just kind of see this is why the men respect him. Yep. Because he puts himself on the same level with his men. And just like after they have the dinner with the governor, the governor says, okay, so for the little skirmish that they had earlier, we're going to give them harder work, except for you two. You two don't have to do it. But you see, when they come back the next day. And what did Jamie do? Jamie was hauling boulders just like the rest and tom christie's like why are you doing this the governor said not to and james like look i'm just trying to get us out of here faster so i can go spend my time in peace i'm not trying to be out here all day Mm -hmm. i'm not trying to be out here all day i want to go sit inside and sulk and just be to myself and that's why the men respect him Mm -hmm. so yeah and that's probably another reason why tom christie don't like him because all of those things were irritating him happening all of them yeah and when especially when he saw jamie's back i think he was he was upset that jamie took um responsibility yeah for that piece of tartan pardon mm-hmm. which and when when old um uh what was his name oh charlie when he put it down i was like oh my god like why does he have tartan because I'm like, put it underneath him, put it in his hands. Don't just lay it on top of his chest. Well, we have to remember old Charlie and all there. And he really thinks that he's Bonnie Prince Charlie. So he's just, you know, but that's why Jamie picked him up, like, hurry up. But 
I'm like, y'all should have picked up the tartan. Pick mm-hmm. it up. Left it there. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, and I didn't, uh, I didn't really, I guess I didn't understand this because Jamie didn't have to take the punishment because the soldier as much gave him an out. He was like, does it belong to him? I can't punish him now because he's dead, right? You should just say he yes. Did, but, but you already saw what Tom Christie was doing over the side. He almost like one of my students. He had that hand ready. It was it was about to point. He was ready to tell. Which yeah, he didn't true. have to. He didn't have to say anything either. That's true. But he He's just like, the, you saw his hand come up and he was like, and then Jay was like, it was mine. He just a hateful or something. Mm-hmm. Very much so. <sighs> that poor man just all he was trying to do was figure out which way to go because he couldn't see. And they were fighting all around him. And then, like, why was there punishment for Jamie, but there wasn't punishment for the person who killed him? Because they're prisoners. They're prisoners. They didn't care. They're prisoners. So, yeah. So, Tom Christie didn't like him because he did that. He didn't like him when he saw his back because he believes that whatever caused that, he deserved because he must have did something wrong. So, because he he brings it, you're going to mention this, he brings it up again later, which I felt was rude and disrespectful but we'll get to that the self-control that james fraser exerts in this episode when it comes to that man is phenomenal because tom christie would have got punched Mm-hmm. I would have been like, no, nah, you and your family can't stay here on the ridge. Take your ass off. Go. I don't care that you are an me. You know what? Let me go back in. And with the exception of Thomas Christie. Yeah. It was, many, it was many times I was thinking, just say, you know what? This is not going to work out for us. I will help you in other ways and find you another piece of land. But you, you, this is not going to work. Mm-mm. And I mean, it's not going to work. Do you see what I meant by saying the Christie's are going to bring chaos? Because we're only in the first episode. Tom is just stirring the pot everywhere. And Alan with his old thieving (laughs) set. Like, dude, first of all, how did you even get like, where did you come across one of the Browns that you were able to steal his powder horn? I, I I was trying to figure that out too, and I'm like, what? Well, I guess in their travels, from did they stop at Brownsville first before they got there? Probably so. I I guess, but problems. Yeah, it's gonna cause problems. And Malva seems so sweet right now. <laughs> and you. Okay, not knowing what may come about, I was thinking, oh, she's in the middle. You have dad on one extreme, the son on the other, and she's in the middle. She's going to be a reason of listening to Claire and Jamie and then listen to her dad and kind of deciding for herself. I think that I think that's a fair assessment because it's obvious that Malva and uh, Alan, as much as they love their father, they do not. I don't think they agree with the way he mm-hmm. teaches and the way he raises them. Like they have questions. They make little side comments, um, you know, about the way he's brought them up. And then 
you see the exchange once he finds out that Alan stole from the Browns, you know, he has this, you know, do you want to end up like your mother? No, good, because she's burning in the fires of hell for her. Yes, and I'm thinking, and you say that to her children and out loud with other people can hear too. This is the 1700s. This is the this is the time when a man can still step on somebody else's land. The same man who your brother came in and attacked and stole the wife and raped the wife along with who knows how many other of his men. And you still have the audacity to walk up on that man's land like you got some authority. So, yeah. Men in that time, they don't care. They don't care. Women, but none. just the way, I mean, just the way he sounds like, well, damn. Sir. And I don't even know. I don't even remember. I believe they talk about how the wife died in the book, but I don't remember. But I do remember that he was in prison when he found out. I do believe, I do remember that, I think. They mentioned it. I believe they mentioned it in the episode. What, how she found out. No, not how she died, that he found out she was dead when he was in prison. Mm-hmm. I know that that's, that's the case, but I'm, yeah. I, I don't remember if that's, I can't remember if that's what happened in the books as well, but they, you know, they haven't explained it yet. Maybe we'll hear, mm. but. Well, now we do, especially when you say she burned in hell. Well, I don't know what, what, what did she do? Maybe she decided to move on when her husband got his ass locked up. That's true. Found another man. I don't know. But yeah, just the way that he treats his children. It. I mean, it's typical of that old, that old Mm -hmm. mindset. Like even when when Malva tries to say something about when he hurts his hand and he has to go to Claire, and he's like, "Go check on Alice." She was like, "But Dad," and he gives her that look, like, "What I say?" And she's like, "Yes, Dad." She goes. I'm just like, oh. see, it's going to be his his treatment of his children that I think is really going to cause the greatest chaos. Mm-hmm. Because what happens with children like that who are not treated well by their parents or who feel like their parents don't listen to them? They rebel. Yeah, they, they rebel and they do things that will embarrass the parents, as we see Alan did. And I don't think he did that to embarrass his dad. I think he just did it because he saw something nice and he wanted he it. Wanted he wanted it. Mm-hmm. But you have to think about his mindset. He knows what he knows. His father is one of those fire and brimstone mm-hmm. people. So you should have known that if you got caught, they caught that this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And he, his punishment, he really got off lightly. He did for stealing. Honestly, he did because he did steal someone else's property. Mm-hmm. To be honest, and Jamie was the one who took it upon himself to punish him. And you know, Jamie is not going to be as he probably did it as hard as he needed to for show. Yeah, you know, to make it look like okay, he's being punished. And I'm I'm sure Alan felt that sting. His little his little baby skin back probably has never yeah. felt that kind. But of it wouldn't have felt like if his dad did it, right? Or if they had made him take his shirt off to get mm-hmm. it done, that would have mm-hmm. been worse. Worse. But Jamie already knows what that humiliation is like. He already knows what that punishment is like. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't about to subject Alan to that, especially considering Alan is new on the ridge. And also, I really feel like Jamie did that to spare Tom Christie the embarrassment, even though they don't like each other. Jamie is all about honor. Yep. And, and there's like, you know, 
there's nothing honorable in in the way that Alan would was to be punished, especially if he were to be punished at the hands of like Richard Brown. Right. Because we already know that family has no honor about them. Yeah. And first of all, you're not gonna come on my ridge and give someone else's punishment. I'm the leader, I'll take care of it. And now get off my land. It's been taken care of. We don't have any more issues. He was lucky he got to stay on that land long enough to witness. He did. Because the moment you addressed Mrs. Fraser, I would have told, um, what was it, L- Lieutenant McDonald or whoever the, the I can't remember his name, the, the red coat guy. Mm-hmm. I would have been like, you know what? Excuse, Excuse me. me. And yes, so the just... code open was 22. They started you... the, the credits at 22 minutes and 50, 51 seconds. Okay, well, that was our extra time right there. That was our extra time. time. But several times throughout this episode, they tried Jamie in different ways. They did. I would say this maturity is a great thing. Mm -hmm. Because had you tried that 10 years ago, 20 years ago with a more hot-headed Jamie? It would have went a different way. It would have gone a completely different way. Completely different way. Especially when he walked in. So after we go through the prison and um, Tom Christie comes to the ridge and he goes in there with um, Brianna and okay, Roger. Let me say one more, one thing. I'm liking how Roger is looking right now. Yes. He looks like he belongs. That beard has filled yes. out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm feeling Roger right now. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. He, he looks like he belongs. So don't try Roger either. He's there. So when he comes Roger in. The, Roger done been to battle. He didn't kill the man before now. So yes. he's not the same. I don't feel like he's the same timid Roger from before. Like he no. still has a lot of who he is. But I think, you know, especially with his minister background, he's going to give people the benefit of the doubt. But at the same time, I think he's to the point now where he's like, that's my father-in-law. Don't come in here being disrespectful because he could tell from the moment Jamie walked in and saw Tom Christie, he was like, oh, wait a minute. This is not the situation that I thought it was. No. I thought you were a friend of Jamie's, but obviously the way Jamie came in and looked and he was like, well, there's a face I never thought I'd see again. It was like, oh, even Claire kind of looked like. Right. Oh. Claire was like, okay, what do we need to do? Where do we need to go? Like, Because everyone's looking at each other like, oh, we promised this man some meals and that he was welcome. But right like, now. <laughs> and you saw that moment. He was thinking like, okay, no. Oh, yes. Anyone is welcomed here. But he was, he was thinking about it. Mm-hmm. But you're Very right. Ten so. years ago, ten years ago, he would have been like, "Hell no, I'm sorry, this is not going to work out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't like each other. Mm-hmm. Like, why should I? Right. I'll pack you a basket of food. We'll give you some clothes, and I'll send you about your way. Right. So, but I also think the fact that he mentioned his daughter and his son were with him, mm-hmm. and of course, we don't know at this point how old those kids are they could have been smaller you know he could have had children later in life and jamie's not going to just leave the family out there because again like no. tom chris says he had a pass to come because he used to be in arsmere prison but that doesn't necessarily i guess in his mind 
extend to his children and the rest of the people that were with him. You know, I'm guessing they were part of his flock or something. So, mm-hmm. you know, he he was humble for a tiny speck of a second. And that was it just, you know, just long enough to make Jamie be like, okay, I can't seem okay. like an asshole by turning him out. Because he says, I come to you in humble gratitude. And then that's when Roger's like, because Jamie's face is like, gratitude for what? And Roger's like, um, yeah, so um, we made him some food. Yeah. And I offered him, food. you know, a place yeah. mm-hmm. uh to stay. And Jamie was like, he was looking like Roger, you and I are gonna have a talk later on. But I mean, the way he presented himself and he has he has the paper inviting all of the people who served with him in Artsmere to come to Fraser's Ridge. So it's not like and you did not Roger, have an exception at the bottom saying, except Tom Christie and these fellow men, you didn't right. have that on there. And right. you didn't tell them the story about what happened. No. So because why would he? That would mm-hmm. that would kind of be, you know, detrimental to what he's trying to do. He's mm-hmm. trying to find him a place to stay. Right. Now, the fact that you have been extended this grace and are given a place to stay or given space to stay. And, you know, Jamie and his people are planning to build y'all cabins and doing all of this stuff. And you are steadily at every turn defying Mm -hmm. and speaking against and just stirring the pot. Yeah. Or even insulting. Cause like, you're basically saying, Ooh, I can't believe you have all this luck and this fortune. And basically I don't. But I know I'm better than you. Right. Just coming. But I just said you can stay here. And now you're throwing that in my face. He just. Trying, Jamie. He got the wrong one. And let me tell you, once Claire finishes dealing with her PTSD and she's back to being Claire, Claire. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh, it's not going to happen. She's going to be like, hold on. You're not about to talk to my husband. <laughs> you know, it's coming at some point. Yeah. It is. Because Claire, Claire is she's going through ride her or die. Mm-hmm. But she's just going through her own things right now. So I have feelings about that. I, I, I do too. So when, when we first see Claire, she's in the surgery, she's asleep, which is weird in and of itself because Claire does not sleep on the job. When Jamie goes to try to wake her up and she won't wake up, we were all like, wait, I was like, wait, they moved that, like they changed the whole way that happens because I told you just like Jamie had a near death experience in the last season, Claire has one in this season, I believe, or at least she did in this book. She had a, I think she caught some kind of, I guess it's like a virus or some kind of illness and she Mm -hmm. almost dies. And so I thought when I saw this, I was like, so did they move that part up? Like, how are they going to do that? There was just so many things that didn't add up. Mm -hmm. And so when she wakes up and we find out that she's actually been trying to create anesthesia and that she's made like a a certain, you know, she's made the ether that's going to put them to sleep and it'll put them in a deep sleep so that she can do surgery, whatever she has to do without them feeling any pain. I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Then when we see what she's using it for at the end, and I don't know if this is a a consistent thing or if it was just because she had the nightmare and the nightmare was literally a compilation of all her traumas 
over the last 20 something years. And she can't, you know, I guess she, she wants to be able to go to sleep and not think about that stuff, not see that stuff. Cause like Jamie said, Richard Brown showing up on the ridge kind of triggered that. So she's been suppressing it. She's been suppressing it. And she basically is doing what Brianna's saying is we're asking you, you're okay. And you're like, you're okay, but you're really not okay. Yeah. And you do have someone to speak to. So you're just pushing it down, pushing it down. Well, seeing the Browns that triggered Mm -hmm. and then those nightmares and all your past trauma. I hate that she was self-medicating. However, I mean, I can understand. I can, but it, to me, it I guess in a way it feels out of character for her. It does. It does. It does. Especially after in the season finale, when Jamie was talking to her after all of this happened, she was like, no, she was like, I have been through this. I have been through that. You know, Mm -hmm. you mentioned it in the the preseason show when we talked about it, Claire has been through all of this stuff. And like she said, I survived. I'm supposed to let this Mm -hmm. get me down. No, I refuse. So for her to have that mindset, And then for us to see her, like you said, self-medicating, for me, it felt very out of character for her. But I guess if you really think about it, that's not an unusual trauma response. Right. And that's what I was going to say. It's 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 out of character from other people looking at her because she's so strong Mm -hmm. and you don't expect her to do that. If you expected someone to do that, well, that would be Brianna to do it. But you don't expect Claire. I'm just saying you had to pick. know if um, i would say brianna would do it because brianna is for all, she's claire and jamie's daughter she's claire but i'm saying if you had to choose you wouldn't choose you wouldn't no. have chosen claire to be the one to do it no and sometimes we see that's a, a lot of times when people say the strong people check on them because they walk around i can handle this i can do it i can handle this and i can do it and slowly they're falling apart mm-hmm. and and that's that's trauma. Right. And I so. think maybe for her, she really did think that she was kind of handling it well, because mm-hmm. even when she's going to do her check on uh, Marsley and Jamie is accompanying her, she's like, are you going to accompany me to every, you know, house visit that I do now? Jamie like, yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, we're not about to have a repeat of what, because Richard Brown is still out there and mm-hmm. he did make a threat that, you know, you had, you handled it in your way and I'm going to handle it in mine when the time comes. We don't know what he's planning on doing. He may decide to attack Claire again, just out of revenge for his brother's death. He, we don't know what he's capable of. We don't know what he plans to do, even though he seems to be the more reasonable of the two Brown brothers. We saw yes. that in the last season, but still, that was your brother, whatever wrong he did. And like mm-hmm. I like I said last night when I was watching it with my daughter, you know, back in those days, killing someone for raping a woman, that's not a suitable punishment because rape of a woman is not consequential to them. You know, it's just kind of like, oh, that, that's what happens. But you killed my brother, mm-hmm. well, I'm gonna get you. Right. Excuse me, do you know what you're like? When Jamie said, a group of men attacked my land or came upon my land. They kidnapped my wife and they violated her. He didn't say he, he said they, mm-hmm. meaning the group of men. Honestly, when Jamie walked out and Richard Brown made that threat that, you know, I'll, I'll get my revenge or whatever the case was, I would have turned around. I would have been like, oh, take two, kill them all. 
I mean, because you know, mm-hmm. at some point, leaving him alive is going to come back and bite him. It's going to come back. Yes. And he didn't come after them right away only because Jamie brought his brother to him. Right. The proper burial. That's right. it. So they're just buying their time until they figure out mm-hmm. their attack. Yep. But going back to um, Claire, I think she did thought she was handling. She was, I'm like, I'm handling, I'm handling, and I'm handling it. And then when she, again, it just triggered. Because she couldn't even stand there. As soon as the Browns pulled up, she turned right around and went, ran right into that house. After he spoke to her. Yeah. Like, the audacity. Mm-hmm. And I guess in some ways I would say, okay, at least he was... <sighs> At least he had enough manners to address her because that is her land. And it is proper for you to address the owners of the land. You address the landowner, you address his wife. But still, this is the same wife that your brother kidnapped. You shouldn't utter a word. You could have just tipped your hat or done something Mm -hmm. like that. But to address her the way he did. He did. And with a little... I would say he had a little contempt in his voice. He did. Maybe not a whole lot, you know, not enough to be seen as outwardly disrespectful, but I felt like there was some, there was some contempt Mm -hmm. there. It was. Because it was just total disrespect of how you came onto the land anyway. So he already knew and he was just, he didn't care. He just, he didn't care. So. I just hope we don't have to deal with, with the Browns the rest of this season. I mean, I know we only have six episodes in this season, so we only have five left, but I don't want to have to deal with them. Like, please get them out of the way. We have other important things to focus on, like where this Christy story Where this is going. <laughs> where this is going. Because I'm just um, waiting for the shoe to drop. I'm just waiting to see how they're going to do this. And I have a feeling they may not get to it in this season, but if they're doing all of the episodes extended, we may see some of that come into play, but I'm just sitting here like I'm waiting because this is about to be a powder keg. It is. It is about to be a powder keg. I know we're jumping around, but especially when he Jamie went to him and said, okay, now if you're going to be here, we got to follow my law. There's only God's law. And I'm thinking again, this is time to kick him out because I haven't officially built anything. My thing would have been like, okay, so if you only follow God's law, then God can go build you a cabin right. <laughs> on his land because you can't have one. But that's the same where when he was getting help from Claire and Jamie was offering him something to drink, he's like, I can't drink, I can't drink. And then he was like, oh, okay, I got you. I mean, yeah, let me, there let me is wine in the Bible. So <laughs> right, he, he quotes some scripture. You can have, Catholics can read. Here you go. And, and in English. Right. So he finally was like, okay, I will sip on the wine because this actually does hurt. Right. And he wasn't sipping. He was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, Tom Christie has the capacity of being a lush if you don't watch him. Because for a man who was opposed to taking a swig of the devil's juice, he was drinking quite heartily. He's going to start hanging out with uh, Fergus. Okay, go ahead and start talking about him because I was, I don't know what happened again in the book, but I was kind of disappointed when they kind of led that he could be abusive. That bothered me. I, You know, I think that's the assumption that they did make. I don't think he actually went so far as to abusing 
Marsley, he may have grabbed her hand like to keep her from walking away. But I don't think. Okay. I think even in the book, I don't think he was being abusive. Okay. He's just, um, and I I saw it in the previews, uh, in the promo, the trailer for this season. So I'm not saying a spoiler, but he feels, um, he feels kind of responsible for the attack on Claire and Marsley. He feels like Mm -hmm. he should have been there. He should have been able to do more to prevent it. And, um, you know, just like in this episode when he's sitting there drinking and Lizzie makes the comment to, um, I think it was Josiah she was talking about. And she was like, yeah, I need you guys to help me take this stuff to the table because, you know, two hands are better than one. And I don't think she meant it in that way. Mm-hmm. She was saying two people like more, more help y'all are better than just one of you because we can take more things. But of course, Fergus is in his feelings. He's drunk. He's perpetually drunk in, you know, in this episode Mm -hmm. and he takes it the wrong way. And you can kind of see part of what he's struggling with, you know, and like I said, I have a feeling it's going to go a lot deeper in this season. Mm -hmm. It's going to get more emotional for Fergus and for everyone around him. I, I think as they start to realize what's going on with him, I just, I'm not ready for this storyline. I'm not because there I know. are there are some things that happen like I mentioned um I believe this is the part of the story where Henri Christian is born and he is born with dwarfism so that's going to also kind of um that's going to affect Ferguson's mood as well because you know back then in those days everything having to do with the children has to do with the male, whether Mm -hmm. a a female or, well, except for, you know, if a female or a male is born, that's all the female's fault. Right. Or if you can't have kids, that's the female's fault. That's the woman's fault. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But, you know, Fergus, I think, um, well, in the book with Henri Christian, he loves his son, but he does take it kind of personally, like this might be a punishment to him because he didn't, protect Marcely when they got attacked because remember she got knocked out she fell on her stomach yes we don't know if that has something to do with his developmental issues or if it was always like that you know dwarfism was kind of common back then you know but like I said when you have births like that in those times they either abandon the children or the children would you know the babies would kind of sort of turn up dead just out the disappear so I think we'll see a lot of Fergus's journey in this season. And I, I, I see they're starting it off like, oh, he's just like, I, completely I know. And I wasn't prepared for it because you talked about it in our last talk. And I guess I wasn't ready. I thought we will see that slow decline. I didn't know we were entering the decline already. Right. I thought I would just see it over the season and, you know, the baby and everything that we discussed, but then to start off with the episode and he's not really home. And then she has abuse on her arm. And then when he comes in, he's drunk. And it seems like he's been drunk all the time. And they're having marital issues. I was like, okay, I'm the one prepared for this episode. I, I wasn't for their relationship issues and his yeah. issues. I wasn't. I just, and and they're one of my favorite couples. So this especially hurts because I know what Fergus is about to go through. And I'm just like, y'all could have eased us into this. <laughs> this is not easy. Like y'all, y'all brought him in the first episode like a full-fledged drunk with his cute mm-hmm. little goatee and his little, his little facial stuff. I was like, oh, okay. 
Fergus looking kind of, oh, he's drunk. Because when he came out of the woods and I saw him stumble, yeah, I thought he was being playful at first. And then the more I looked at him and he had, I said, oh, we are Now he's been drinking. Already. Mm-hmm. He's been drinking. And you know it has to be bad when Marcy had to hold him in the other room. He's like, well, I can't go in there with the other. No, you just need to sit down and eat something. We need to put some food on your stomach. Food on your stomach. You need to eat something. You know, you you can't go in with everyone else. Not right now. No. But I need him to get it together. Because when I say, when you want to talk about ride or die females, Marsley Mm -hmm. or Fergus from day one, from day one, she will fight for him. She will. Yeah, she, mm, he needs to get it together. Mm -hmm. He needs to get it together. He needs to be there for them children. And he needs, I just. I'm not I'm not ready for this because I because now I feel like we're getting his like the culmination of everything with him in this season Mm -hmm. in this season I'm not ready I'm not ready because it's going to be it's going to be an emotional ride it's going to be draining it's going to be heartbreaking but if I remember correctly in the books he does get better I just okay. don't know how, I just don't know like how they plan on doing it for the show. Like how long this Over is going to drag out. Mm. Well, I, I don't even want to say drag out because that sounds like it's not supposed to be there. It's a no, different type of character. Yeah. It's a different type of character development for Fergus because Fergus has always been like jolly, happy, go lucky, very sun disposition, even in the bad times. He's always had this kind of way of looking at the brighter side of things and not not letting things get him down. Like even when he lost his hand, you would think at that point he would be pissed and he found a way to turn it around. He was like, I'm a man of leisure now. You told me that if I ever lost an ear or a hand in your service, you would take care of me for life. So this is a good thing. Mm-hmm. He says it to Claire when she asked him what happens to his hand when she reunites with him. He was like, I lost the fight in the Red Coats. He didn't expand on anything else than that. He didn't say that, yeah, I was teasing them. <laughs> I was getting on their nerves. I led them on a chase and, you know, I pissed them off. Yeah, no, he was mm-hmm. fighting the Red Coats because he was protecting Jamie from them. So he's always had this really bright way of looking at things. And to see that challenge now and in such a because think about it, the last season when we saw Fergus, even though, yes, he was defending Claire, he was still Fergus. Right. And I was going to bring that up because the actor who was playing him did a phenomenal job because oh when I was watching it, watching this episode, I was thinking, is this the same actor because of how he's carrying himself? Because the last episode when, you know, they're killing the browns he's standing straighter he's a lot more confident he's just Mm -hmm. you know he's like oh you know when jamie says she is taking a vow i kill you know i kill for her and then ian says so do i versus like as do i milady you know Mm -hmm. he's like look i'm ride or die that's that's my mama i'm gonna do whatever he has that confidence he has that that bravery and to see him go a complete 180 it's just so heartbreaking it is but fergus is gonna pull through i know it he has to he has to it's fergus he has to 
Okay, you give me some hope. He has to. Maybe the end of this season or next. Oh, that I, I hope it doesn't remember. go until next season. I hope I not hope because not. I can't deal with that. Like you know, I've said this from the beginning. Fergus is my baby. Like even in the books, when when they first meet him as a kid, that was my baby. When he grew up and he was still loyal to them and you know that's they're his parents that's my baby when jamie gave him his last name at the wedding because he didn't have one of his that's my baby y'all can't mm-hmm. y'all can't drag fergus through the mud forever it just i i can't take it i can't no. so so they better fix it but since since we're talking about couples, let's go to Jamie and Claire because uh, we have not had a love scene from them quite like the one we had in this episode, and yes, it was ma'am. it was beautiful. But I was like, was- wow, this is long. <laughs> so we true. haven't because we haven't had we haven't had such an extensive love scene mm-hmm. with them in seasons. Like everything has been kind of quick or or. Yeah, like you've you've had the barn scene at you know at River Run, and we've had a couple of things here and there, but not to this degree. It's been a while, and yeah, it's nice to I'm know they still back. have it. It does. It is because I had to look away from my screen, like, oh, that's a little too intimate for me. Like I did too. Like, like hey, we're seeing like a lot I'm, today. Yeah, like yep. I feel like a warrior. Like, no, let me turn mm-hmm. around. And then it, it was especially sensitive because I don't know if this was her first time after or where this lies right. in in their intimacy. So it was like, okay. Looking at ready. the way he's looking at her, I would say it probably was. I thought so too. Because he approaches her very Because he's not actually, she is, um, I'm not trying to say the aggressor, but she's initiating it a little bit more. And he's just sitting back like, okay. Like, I'm just going to see where this goes. But yeah, I I think that because even when he's starting to undo her nightgown, he's doing it slowly. He's looking, he's looking her in her face, like trying to gauge her reaction. Like, okay. Are we doing this or or not? Or is she kind of feeling her way? Like, Mm -hmm. is she trying to see how much how far she can go or how you know he's looking to her for cues, like, okay, wherever this goes, I'm good. He just wants to make sure that she is okay. Mm -hmm. So that made it all the more intimate. Mm -hmm. And it's just to show their relationship, Mm -hmm. their connection, right? To each other. Yeah. But it, like I said, we haven't had one of these scenes in a in quite a long time. Mm-hmm. So it was nice to see. And like I said, it was it was a little bit extended. And I was just like, oh, we're getting like full, like the full scene, the full intimacy, the full, like, okay, this is kind of like in a way, her not necessarily her healing, but it, I think it's the start. It's a part, mm-hmm. you know, because she went through something very, very traumatic. And I don't know how long this has been. I don't know what the time jump is. We do know that there is a time jump because, of course, you look at her skin. Her skin is flawless as always. So she doesn't have the bruises. She doesn't have any remnants of what happened to her. So it had to have been at least a few months, I would think. Yes, me. But then you can you can tell by when they start off on the ridge where there's a lot of 
you know, their homes and the his stable with the horses built and everything. So it had to be some time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it had to be some time. Um, but the one thing I was saying about their little scenes together, they both he understands and she understands because he has gone through that and she's been there with him. Absolutely. You know? So I just think about that and that you know how you felt in that situation. So you know how she feels. Right. Because and and it's actually a little bit different because Jamie was basically like, no, kill me. I'm not yeah, living with you. She me. had to. She had to I work. Die. <laughs> work yeah, he basically him. was. He he had given up on life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, because yeah. he was like, Mm-mm, I can't get over this. And she had to. She had to, like you said, work with him. She had to do it a little more forcefully because she was like, look, you are not about to die on me. This is something that Mm -hmm. we will work through. But she did it for him. Mm -hmm. And I think that lends itself also to their relationship, you know, and even with Brie, Brie has been through that as well. Not to the extent that Claire has, but she knows what that's like, you know. Mm I was thinking about the conversation she and Roger had in the last episode when he was asking her about Claire and she was like, he said, has she, has she talked about it? And she said, I don't think she ever will. Maybe she'll tell dad someday. And Roger said, um, what was the quote he said? He said to have to string together the words to talk about something so horrible. You know, he said something to that effect, like, how do you do that? And he was looking at Brianna because he remembers that Mm -hmm. she had to do that you know even though he found out first from Jamie and Claire because of the situation with him being gone but still to have to like how do you even begin to describe that yeah you know and that's why she is still trying to trying to handle things and deal with it the best that she can yeah and right because now she's not and she's not ready to include anybody right now. She Mm-mm. she wants to do it on her own right now. Yeah. Because the other thing too is once she tells Jamie, he's probably gonna get mad all over again. And there's no one left for him to kill because they got everybody mm-hmm. except for what's his name? Wendigo, the, the one dude who was from who the didn't people. help. Who didn't help, but he got the hell on. He was like, Yeah, I'm I'm not about to be a part right. of this. But she he, told Jamie he did not help. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if they ever come across him again, mm-hmm. yeah, hopefully he found some gemstones and he found those stones and he can go back to whatever time he came from, 1960s, 1970s, whatever. Because yeah, no. Um, Let's see, let's see, let's see. Oh, another one about, okay. So the Colonel asked Jamie if he would be the representative for the Native Americans. And he was like, no, I'm not going to do it. And then the next person is supposed to be Richard Brown. Brown. And I'm thinking, how you go from Jamie to Richard Brown? I mean, really? So I understood clearly when Jamie said, if it's between me and him, I will take the job. There's no way that this man can be a representative for the Native Americans. He probably will kill them. But I'm going to be honest, I think McDonald probably told him, Richard Brown, to get that kind of reaction. Because if you, look at, if you look at the two men, even if you're not intimately familiar with them, you can see that those are two different, different type of men. They conduct themselves differently. They, they treat their people differently. It's just two different things. 
one thing about Jamie Fraser that everybody knows, Jamie is about honor mm-hmm. and he's about loyalty. Okay. I would say honor more so than the loyalty because he fought for the red coats in this last battle. He wasn't loyal to them, but he had to do that to make sure that everybody on the Ridge was taken care of. Mm -hmm. So the honor part is really Jamie. Richard Brown may have a little bit of that to a certain degree. He has it when it comes to his family, but that's probably about it. That's probably about it. And the fact that he is the leader of this safety committee, that's a joke. And like I said, you know, the the type of person he is, as opposed to the type of person Jamie is, if Jamie is digging in his heels saying, I'm not doing this, I'm, I'm out of this. I don't, I don't want any part of it. And McDonald told him, yeah, well, I'm going to go to Brownville. You know, we're going to go to Brownville for a few days. And he was like, oh, but I'll be back because I'm not done with you yet. Like, I'm going to come back and still try to convince you. So you see Richard Brown and you probably have heard about what happened with the Browns and the Frasers. Mm -hmm. What better way to manipulate Jamie into doing exactly what you want him to do? Put his rival as the top choice. Oh, if you don't do it, yeah, you know what? That's fine. Because Richard Brown, I'm going to go ahead and appoint him. And then Richard Brown just all of a sudden shows up. And I don't know if that was the plan or if it just happened to work in his favor. It worked in his favor. He was probably in the back like, thank you. Right. You're showing your ass. Keep going. Keep showing your ass. This (laughs) is going to help me. This is definitely going to help me get Jamie. Thank you. Right. But... I I mean, that's a great way to manipulate Jamie into doing what you Mm -hmm. want him to do. And you really didn't have to do any work. All you had to do was mention the name. Richard Brown. Oh, okay. I'm looking at Fergus's drunk behind in this. (laughs) And the way Tom Chris is looking at him like. Yep, he was. He was looking at him like, you know, he's out of order and and he was he, he was out of order so and he's probably trying to figure out too like who is this frenchman to fraser yeah you know like who is he that he would speak to him in that way like ja- like jamie spoke to fergus like like a dad he was like look you might need to lay off the alcohol and take your ass home and spend some time with your family as only a dad can do yes yes so um yeah, I'm I'm looking now in the background and Ian and Alan are going hunting. And it's right before again the Browns show up shooting at them, talking about, oh, I thought you were in. And that's why I said, and we're supposed to believe that he will be a great representative of uniting the Native Americans. Really? Especially since you think the Native Americans are the ones that's going around setting Burning. fires to stuff and i do remember that was a that was a big thing in the um in the books too i can't remember exactly how that played out but i do remember that um one of the things that happens is jamie and claire i believe they were i don't know if they were going to river run they were coming back from somewhere they were on a trip and they came across a burned down cabin and there was actually people inside that had been killed. So, and this had been going on like throughout the ridge and throughout the mountains and in different settlements. So 
I know that they were blaming the Native Americans. I don't remember if it was actually them doing it or if somebody else was doing it. I don't remember that part of the story. I do need to go back and reread the book, but I, I just don't know when I have time to do that. Right well, they now. also burned down the mill too, because. Well, the Browns did, did that. Did they? Yeah, they, they did that. They burnt, burnt down the still in order to get all the men away from the ridge when they went to go uh, kidnap. Clay. Okay, I forgot mm-hmm. about that. Okay, mm-hmm. thank you. Yeah, that's that was Lionel Brown and his men. Okay, I do remember that now. Yes. So again, Richard Brown, Safety Committee, um, Native American, if, if I, no. Oh, it's not working. No. And you could tell, like, just his facial expressions alone, you could tell he was like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be dealing with these people. If I had my choice, I'd just shoot them all. You know, he just, he, he has no, I think he has respect for Jamie again, because of what Jamie did in bringing mm-hmm. his brother's body home. And that is it. And that, that's it. That's it. Because I think he wants to kill Jamie right now. He's like, yeah, you know what? My brother is dead. It's your fault, even though your brother was the one who trespassed on my land, just like you dressing on trespassing on my land now. Again. So so yeah, that's no. gonna be interesting too. So that basically means that they're gonna Jamie's gonna get it from both sides. You got um Richard Brown and you got Tom Chris. And in between there, he's gonna have to also realize that. Fergus needs some help and Claire needs some help. And the American Revolution is coming up. Yes. Because I They're think we have, it was, wasn't it 74? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we have this. No, 73. 73. Okay. So we have three years. Mm-hmm. Because so you can hear the story. Watching it. Uh-huh. And it came up, North Carolina, 1773. Michaela just looked. She started laughing. She was like, I hate you. I was like, what did I do? She said, I looked at the date. She said, and in my mind, I'm 1776 <laughs> because of Hamilton. Right. But I, I did the same thing. And even though I have to um, do that for my job, too, I was thinking the same thing. And I would start a few times I was singing. And then I love the references throughout when they're like, OK, you can make tea or coffee or whatever I, you can find. So you already know about the taxes and the tea. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. Yep. And Claire even, you know, she was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go, you know, I wish I had some tea, bloody taxes, you know? And yeah. And the little conversation that Brianna and Roger had when they were talking that she was like, Hey, whose side are you on? And he was like, uh, remember your mother and I were on the losing side. <laughs> <laughs> but then when he said, when he was talking about the American Revolution, he said, what would America be? Look like. It, it, what would America look like if they hadn't gone through this war? Michaela was like, because yeah. I was like, let's not go there because things could have been better. Things could have been way worse. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, because we got yeah. problems now. It's 2022. You know, but we we won't go into that. We won't go yeah. into politics today. But nope, it's so. um, yeah. There there there's a lot of references made to this so one, and like it, it did call call to mind some things. Like mm-hmm. like she said, once she said it, I couldn't get it out my head. Like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm gonna be thinking about this the whole season. I'm gonna be, you know, 
singing Hamilton. And it's funny because if you remember a couple of seasons ago, they actually met, uh, was it George Washington? I think they met. Yes, at a party. They Mm -hmm. did. They did. Or at the theater or something like that. Yeah, they did. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Are we going to see Alexander Hamilton pop up in (laughs) Outlander? I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, Jamie has... Jamie has a way of getting himself in some pretty high circles, even when he doesn't want to. He finds himself around some okay. fairly he, prominent people. He does. All, mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. So, who so. knows? We might see some more founding fathers through the course of this season. I'm looking at the part uh, Tom Christie just walked out talking about Jamie's lashes. And Jamie, Jamie's like, my God, he's a stiff neck bastard. I was like, you should go punch him. Yeah. You should go punch him. Because even Claire was looking like, that is so rude. I mean, really? Only because you saw my weakness. So you just, again, you just mm-hmm. throwing, you just throwing. Stones. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or knives. You just, you just picking, you picking, mm-hmm. you picking. And so like, like Jamie said, he was probably mad because I stood here. Uh-huh. <laughs> And, and kept watching. Like, are you in pain? You need some more wine, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, you might as well have gone ahead and let her fix you up. Mm-hmm. You know, she could do it. And you know, that was something else I noticed um, in the last episode when Claire and Jamie were standing on the porch and they were talking about the storm that's coming. And Jamie went to grab her hand like this. I noticed they still had the. Um, you can still see the incision mark from when his hand was split open by black jack randall and claire fixed it mm-hmm. i noticed that i was like oh that's really good attention to detail because i completely forgot about the fact that his hand was messed up because you don't see it bothering him you know what i'm saying you, yeah, about you, that too. Yes. yeah because remember black jack randall smashed yeah. two of his fingers and claire literally had to put his bones back together and splint splint his hand up but yeah you can see the little scar running down his uh his middle finger you have to go back and watch that episode mm-hmm. i'm like okay yeah, yeah she can go on and fix you up because his hand is all like this and like what what again i wanted what did you do what was that arthritis was it an injury is and it looks like something could have happened and he refused to get help or probably you know, so. what he's supposed to do like he's doing now when she's literally saying I can help you. I can fix this. Mm-hmm. And you keep denying. Yeah. It. Like, dude, just get the help. It's okay. He don't, he don't want that woman touching him. He don't, he don't, he don't want that kind of that weird, yeah. that, that, yeah, whatever. Right. God will understand. Get your hand fixed. <laughs> <laughs> so you can build your church. Right. You know, help, help. Just get the help. Just get the help. Right. Okay, so something else happened in this episode that I'm going to touch upon because I, so we don't really see much of the bugs in the series. You know, the the bugs, Mr. and Mrs. Bug are the older Mm -hmm. gentleman and woman who live on the ridge with Claire. You know what I'm talking about? The the rearranging of the table where she comes in and she puts things one way and Lizzie is looking like, no, this goes over here better. We're going to put this here. And then when Lizzie walks out the room, she comes back and she puts it backward. I was like, okay, so they're about to go into this whole Mrs. Bugs is Mrs. Bug is the busybody. And there's an interesting story with the two of them. 
with the bugs as far as how it plays into the larger story. I don't know how much they're going to touch upon that, but the fact that we've seen more of Mrs. Bug in this episode than we have in the whole series tells me that they're probably going to bring some of their story into um, into play as well. So that's going to be interesting too. I can't wait to see what they do from the books and what they bring to this because when I tell you I'm waiting for those discussions, I'm waiting for you to see and waiting for... I, I'm just waiting for it. Okay. Because it's going to be interesting. Lizzie, right? Especially Lizzie and her relationships. Yeah, yes. Okay. yes. Oh, do, I, do, I got do a hint about, about it. No, I don't. I just got a little hint about it. So I'm kind of seeing it. And I'm like, okay, my mind is going to go different places until I actually see it. So we, we will see. Yeah, that's an, that's an interesting story. That's an interesting. However, story. it is time for her to find someone, find a love of her own on the ridge. That sounds like a novel on um, Amazon. <laughs> In 1773, Lizzie will find a love of her own on the ridge. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Lizzie, oh. Lizzie is, um, she's an interesting very interesting character mm-hmm. so yeah that's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we'll see yeah. see what happens mm-hmm. a little side note of something i read and i want you to see if you can pay attention or notice it if you rewatch the episode about the location of jamie stables and claire's operating room okay the director said how they set things up. They're in a direct line of eyesight. Oh, okay. To go with the things that he was saying in the beginning of the episode, like how he was following her different places, mm-hmm. is there so he can keep an eye on her. Wow. And then she can also keep an eye on him. They're direct eyesight of each other. Ah, okay. I read that. That was from the, the um, I don't know if it's the producer or the director. Because they had little notes after this episode. Yes, I did not watch those yet because I wanted no, to. Not on, someone sent it on Facebook. And I'm not okay. sure which group it was. And I just read a couple of them. And one was about just the stables and her operating room are in eyesight of each other. I did see that post. That's probably in the Sassanac Sisterhood um, group. Mm-hmm. I did see the post. I didn't read it, though, because I wanted to talk about the episode before I read anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, like I always do, because sometimes... I'll read something and I'll be like, oh, I said that when we talked about it, but I don't want it. I don't want it to be like, I don't want their insight or their input to, to, you know, kind of influence how I look at the episode, you know? Exactly. So that's why I stopped. I read that and then I stopped. And you were like, nope. I was like, okay. And I read the rest after we're done. But that's, that's interesting, but it does make sense because especially after what happened and how violent it was yeah jamie is probably like it's going to be very hard for jamie to leave claire alone Um, again so yeah that that makes a lot of sense but yeah richard brown is pulling up to the house now and claire is looking at him and jamie is looking at her you know and to see how she reacts and she's looking back and forth between jamie and richard and then when he says mistress frazier she was like, she, takes she was like, fuck you. And she goes in the house. But this episode had a lot. 
but 81 again, minutes. I know. <laughs> so they, I mean, we needed it for it being two years because a, a lot of shows when they have that break and sometimes it's not a break because of COVID, it's just a break. Mm-hmm. And we get that first episode afterwards. Sometimes it's lacking. This episode to me wasn't lacking. It wasn't lacking, but I, I felt like, I think I could kind of feel that it was, it should have been split into like two, ep- two separate episodes because there was so much going on. Mm-hmm. That at first, when I watched it, I was kind of like, I didn't know how to feel about it because it just felt, I don't know, the flow of it felt weird to me. But watching it in the background now, I just, one, I realized it is because the episode is so long, they were able to get more in the episode. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of, you know, I mean, it's basically, it's basically the length of a, a small movie. It's a small movie. You know, so uh, I think friends, just having to movie? watch it in that sense and just kind of be like, oh, okay, this is not, it's not dragging. It's just two like smaller episodes put together. And now we just have to kind of, you know, I have to kind of fix my mind on that. Like, wow, this is actually a lot. It is. And it seems like it's, you know, a setup too. Cause I like the fact that they started with the prison first before introducing Tom Christie, because Mm. when he comes on that screen, you realize, okay, you guys are being very nice to him. I don't think you may want to wait. Right. And then I I think you also... You also have to realize when you see him, when you see him come up on the screen, you already know about the animosity between him and, uh, you know, so it's kind you're just of watching like, it like, OK, what's going to happen? And first of all, let's talk about how you're going to roll up anyway. I'm sorry. You come up on the um, ridge and then you knocking on then you knocking. You really knocking like somebody, please come open this door. I'm sorry. I just looked at how he knocked. I mean, no. he didn't do that nice knock like, oh, anybody home? Or, right. Very just, forceful. And then when yes, Roger comes out, he has the nerve to say, and who might you be? Are you standing on my doorstep? Excuse you? Yeah. So I was like, well, excuse me. Yeah. And Roger was very nice. I might ask you the same thing since you're the one knocking. So you can't say you coming all humble because you didn't come up to that door humble. Hmm. so again it's just feeding us of making us feel a certain way about him which mm-hmm. i already can tell there's going to be a lot of issues yeah because when he first pulled up on the ridge when he was when they had that sing, that shot of him walking and the house is in the distance we already know like i said there's you know a, a very antagonistic relationship between the two so it's kind of like mm-hmm. you're looking like oh, so why are you here on the ridge? Like, y'all don't like each other. You don't like him. He doesn't like you. Why are you here? So you already know, oh, okay. He's about to ask, can he stay on the ridge? Mm-hmm. And he's going to have to humble himself a little bit to do it. But you already know, oh yeah, this about to be some shit. <laughs> right, just just how he approached the house, how he was speaking to Roger. You're like, okay, yeah, I know mm-hmm. what you're about. Definitely know what you're about. However, the another funny part was when he was with his flock and they were, I say they were praying. <laughs> and Jamie just walks up and starts talking like, and I don't even know what he said, but I was just because, thinking, okay. Because uh, Tom Christie was talking about um, how we're going to show them what good God-fearing folks can do. We're going to okay. do this and we're going to build a church. And Jamie was like, a church? 
I, I didn't I didn't um I didn't get that memo. Right. Like when did y'all so have that discussion? Have but you guys even ever interrupt- built a cabin? Oh, okay. So I'm about to show you how we do things here on the ridge. But it was just so funny. They walked up, he straight, like Roger wasn't going to interrupt, but he straight interrupt, like, oh, okay. I didn't get that memo about church. I'm sorry yeah. you were in prayer. However, <laughs> I just yeah. funny. I was like, okay. It's about to be some mess on the yes. ridge. They're about to be messy. That's mm-hmm. okay. But, so, but again, overall, I I really did enjoy the episode. I really thought for it being the episode that we see after two years, for me, I was I was fine with all the things that they put in the episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that they, it, I they know did a good job up. of introducing the Christies. Mm-hmm. And still showing us that there is still, you know, conflict with the Browns and, you know, everything in between, because we got to see a little bit of just the daily life of, you know, the people on the Ridge and how they are doing. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's going to be interesting. It's, it's going to be very, very interesting. Like I said, the Christie's are going to cause some chaos. And I'm ready to see it. Yes. And every time when I watch the next episode and the episode after that, I'm going to have to prepare myself. Yes. And get ready. But us talking about the Christie's in the past and um, the last episode and even at Dragon Con, they did do a great job showing their essence of what I've kind of heard about. I haven't heard what they have done. I just kind of heard that they're an interesting family so they did a great job putting that on screen for me so now i kind of feel how you guys are sitting there feeling about this family and i can tell you now you are not prepared no i know you are not prepared because you can think okay i think what's gonna i think i know what's gonna happen blah 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 this that and the other girl you ain't ready you are not ready like I said, this is going to be fun to talk about. It's <laughs> going to be fun. But I need Fergus to sober up. Yes. I hope they don't make Claire an addict to this ether stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't think they would because, again, that's so out of her character. Her having to use it the one time because of the nightmares. Okay, I, I get it. I mean... Mm-hmm people nowadays when you have nightmares you you take a swig of a drink or you know Mm -hmm. something to calm your nerves that sort of thing if she can go to sleep and not think about anything then yeah that might be a good thing for her too so I need Fergus and Marsley to get it together and Marsley I mean she's already she's heavily pregnant about to give birth at any time she's already taking care of the three kids they have and then having to take care of an adult child too because he doesn't want to get his act together she doesn't deserve that she doesn't Marsley has been so vital to the Fraser family and to Fergus in general she just she doesn't deserve it so i need fergus to get his act together mm-hmm. and roger and brianna you know we didn't see a lot of them in this episode like we saw them but it wasn't it, it was just kind of fluff for them which mm-hmm. i guess is great because that means there's no drama going on with them they have peace great. they, they have, have some peace yes there. yes you no know, they're helping out the single yeah. mother you know mm-hmm. built her cabin and um 
No, we we need them to have peace right now. But Brianna is feeling a little bit, I think, unfulfilled because she has things that she wants to do for the rich, but she's she's afraid because of what happened to Claire. You know, mm-hmm. Claire was attacked because Lionel Brown saw the Dr. Rollins kit in her surgery. And he figured out that she was the one who was actually writing the Dr. Rollins things, which again was an accident because Fergus took the wrong piece of paper to um, do the broadsheet for men to fight on the ridge, which, you know, now that I think about it, that could also be part of his guilt, you know, because they realized, because remember when it got printed, they told him, hey, did you grab a piece of paper? Because this is Claire. And if she has told Jamie that that's what happens and Jamie, you know, Jamie might've mentioned it, not thinking about it. Fergus could be feeling guilty about that too. Because if he hadn't made that mistake or if that piece of paper hadn't been printed, then Lionel Brown would have no reason to be so inflamed about seeing Dr. Rollins here. He could have asked, oh, who is Dr. Rollins? She could have been like, oh, he was a doctor I used to work for something like she could have played that off. But no, he had read the advice column that Dr. Rollins printed, you know, the one telling women how to keep from getting pregnant, basically Mm -hmm. telling women about birth control, telling Mm -hmm. women about, oh, you don't have to sleep with your husband if you don't want to that, you know, just things that are radical for them, you know, which is kind of commonplace for us now, like birth control is not, well, I'm not going to say birth control is not a big issue because it is still for some people but you know it's more it's more widely Mm -hmm. talked about Mm -hmm. you know women having the right to not have to like our bodies are not a man's property he can't just do what he wants when he wants you know we have some autonomy we we are able to make those decisions for ourselves those are things that are radical for 1700s right and then it really inflamed Lionel because his wife was actually listening and listening and yeah. actually doing it she was so, like i have to sleep with you i am so and i Fergus could feel you. guilty feel guilty about that yeah. and i'm interested i was interested to see okay brianna what kind of sketches do you have what kind of ideas i want to see those ideas yeah i think we will I okay think we will. so and i like the conversation she had with mom like you can't it's okay you know people will get pissed off sometimes of the things that you do yeah, but you can't you be true to yourself and keep going. And that's that's the one thing about Claire, because Claire's still going to be herself. She's still mm-hmm. going to do what she needs to do. You know, her creativeness, either. Of course, they're probably going to be like, um, yeah, I don't want to do that. But just like it was when she was pulling teeth, you know, she was being a dentist and helping them. And she's teaching them about germs and bacteria. And they're looking at her like this woman is weird, but she's trying to help save people. hmm. And that part of her is never going to change. No. No matter what they do, because even in the last episode, when Lionel Brown was sitting there on the table in her surgery and she grabbed that scalpel, she had to put that down and she was like, I will not do you any harm. And she had to walk out that room because she was getting ready to do something to him. She's not going to change that. That's the core part of her being. She's not going to change that no matter what happens to her, no matter what anybody does to her. Now she does have an angel of vengeance over there on the other side of the bed who took care of that for her. But yeah, she, that's one good thing I like about Claire is that she is strong in that sense. Like, you know what? I know that 
this is unusual for the time, but this is who I am. I'm not changing myself for anybody. And Wendigo even says that to her when she was captured. He was like, you don't act like the women of this time. You need to act like the women of this time. You need to act more afraid. And Claire's like, nope. No, no. Because you will be dead in the morning. Basically, that's what she told him a few times. You will be dead in the morning. Bam. And they were dead in the morning. So... So she instilling that into Brianna. You got to keep going, honey. You can't just hold yourself back because you you worry. We do know that we're not going to change major parts of history. We do know that, but we can still do a little part in between. Yeah, make so. things a little bit better for these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because these are people that they care about now. Mm-hmm. So they they don't want to be just like, oh, okay. Well, history says that all y'all die of the plague or dysentery or whatever the case may be. She's going to do what she has to do to save lives and to make things better and if brianna has the ability to do that as well without without causing too much uh you know attention towards herself because if she does something that's a little too radical that might be an issue you know but as long as she can help go for it right and roger should open up a school too come on i know you're teaching the young ones but just Get yeah. your elementary, middle school, high school, college on. I think he's probably going to end up doing that. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, because he it's obvious now that they're not going to go back, at least not now. I don't know if they're going to bring the daughter into the story at this point, um, because like I said, in the books, they have a daughter and she has a heart defect, which is why they have to go back to the future And they end up doing that in the books. And I'm not sure if they ever go back because I haven't gotten that far in the books. I'm assuming they do, but I don't know. So I don't know if they're going to actually bring that part of the story into it because they've already tried to go back once. And that was not part of the original story. So don't know. Oh, and that may be next season because now we have these other characters we really need to focus on Mm -hmm. and let them have their peace. And then they have their daughter and that will be next season yeah so hopefully hopefully we do get that part of the story but mm-hmm. i'm i'm pleased with what they've done for the first episode i i'm happy that we are getting extended episodes especially since it's such a short season we're only mm-hmm. getting six episodes this season so I'm, I'm glad that they're extended hopefully we can get a little bit more story out of these longer episodes and it won't feel like we won't feel that oh my god it's only six episodes hopefully it'll still feel like a regular size season with these extended episodes and they're able to get the story done the way that i think they're gonna get it done instead of rushing because we have seen that happen in other series that we have watched right so but the writing on this show has always been very consistent They've they've done very well with the stuff that they have translated from book to screen. They've done very well. And then the stuff that they included that was not part of the story, they've done a really good job of integrating that, like the whole Myrta storyline, because Myrta didn't survive Culloden in the books. Mm -hmm. So we just saw like memories of him in Jamie's head or Jamie would have dreams of Myrta where Myrta was speaking to him through his dreams, but we didn't get an actual, you know, relationship with this older Jamie. He didn't get to reunite with Claire. He never got to meet Brianna. So I like the way that they incorporated that. Oh, and then the whole him and Jocasta thing was absolutely yeah, not a thing. That was a bonus. But I loved that. Yeah, I did too. In the show. 
So um, so they've been pretty consistent with their writing and keeping things great and keeping the storylines flowing. They don't have a lot of um, they don't have a lot of mistakes with this show as far as time jumps not making sense or storylines not making sense. They don't have a lot of that. Yeah. So and I'm as I'm thinking, no, they haven't. Mm-hmm. And just even from all of us, I think we've been pleased with every season, all of the episodes. Mm-hmm. So I haven't had any complaints. No, I haven't either. So. And I haven't. I really haven't heard of even just reading about the different seasons. Haven't even heard about any complaints. I've seen some, but they're but also from people small. who are the book purists right. who, are, who want mm-hmm. everything to happen exactly the way it happened in the book. And again, when you're translating from book to visual media that's not always going to be the case Mm -mm. so you take the you take the good parts of the story and you translate it and then you may have to make some adjustments you may have to make some changes for the most part they've done a great job of that i can name some other shows where i feel like the shadow hunters where they didn't do that (laughs) (laughs) so like i said hopefully we'll get hopefully you know they'll stick the landing as Lori likes to say on this season and with the storylines especially with the Christie's since they've introduced them since we are seeing a little bit more of the bugs I I'm thinking that they're bringing that part of the story in I'm excited to see what they're going to do with that the whole Lizzie situation I'm ready for that because that's going to be hilarious that's going to be hilarious. I can't wait for but, that. Yeah, I can't either. So um, this was a good episode and I'm looking forward yes, to seeing what they do for the second episode. Okay. I think the second episode, I think is like 79 minutes. So it's another supersized mm-hmm. episode. So do you know the title of the second one? This one was Echoes. Episode two is Allegiance. Okay. And the description is Jamie struggles with his first request as Indian agent. Roger presides over an unusual funeral. Marcelie gives birth. However, the joy is short-lived when a discovery is made. So this is when this is going to be Henri Christian. This is the episode. Okay. Yes, it is. So okay. that's what we are getting in the next episode. I look forward to discussing that. But for now, that's it for our show. You can find us online at www.fandomhybrid.com. We are on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Phantom Hybrid. You can watch our videos at YouTube and listen to us on all major podcast streaming platforms. Thanks for listening. We hope you join the conversation next time.